0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue. Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday, June... I do this every time I have to check my phone. 14th edition of the Rebel Report. Um, it is Mailbag Friday, so we've pretty much moved this segment to Friday. Um, got a lot of questions. We'll kind of let that dictate the show as we do most days. Uh, the Raptors won the finals, so that kind of sucks because it's in Canada. Um, but entertaining finals, what's up, man?
0: Not much, not much. It wasn't an entertaining finals. but that was one of the better games I've seen all year last night.
1: Yeah, and, like, we'll get into it later, but, like, is an assassin. Uh, you got Hot Take Television doing, like, the injury thing today, but you can't really do the injury thing with the Warriors when they were literally the most injury-fortunate team for their four-year, five-year run. Like, yeah. so, yeah, that was entertaining. We'll get into that some, some football, your, some of your mailbag questions dictate some football questions, um... I wrote a story on supertalk.fm right now projecting next year's baseball lineup and what that might look like because everyone's gone. everyones I say that. Everyone's made their decision except Houston Roth. Um, so we'll touch on that a little bit. Greg
0: um, well, Kester has not made his decision.
1: He has not. I was just talking to somebody about that. Uh, I know you're being tongue-in-cheek, but honestly it would be the biggest boss-ass move ever to not even do one of those goodbye notes that they keep sending out. Just be like Y'all know I'm leaving. I'm not sending a note.
0: I think Gray's in Houston as I speak.
1: Yeah. Um, so, honestly, he's probably going to send one of those, but it'd kind of be an alpha move just to be like, I don't, "Y'all don't, I'm not even saying goodbye." Like, y'all know, y'all know the drill. This is over. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the Kesters are going to do that. I don't think so either. But I would <laughs> if I was athletic. Anyway, um, so I guess we'll start with the questions. So, do you want me to go? So, I've got some. I did the millennial thing and did the, the Snapchats. Got some texts. So why don't we go the ones I have on Twitter, the ones you have on Twitter, and then I'll finish it off with the texts and and Snapchats. That sounds good. All right. Let
0: me me know when uh, when you're on your last one so I can go ahead and get my Twitter pulled
1: up. Got it. And then we're about to do some bad podcasting right now because I can't get the Internet to load, so I'm about to do a (laughs) hotspot and try to pull up these questions. Uh, Uh, There we go. This weather right now is incredible, by the way. I meant to say that at the beginning of the show. Yeah.
0: Just stay like this all summer in my
1: opinion. I think it made up for the shitty spring we had because this <laughs> weather right now is awesome. But we're like like it's seventy five in June. Like we're a couple of days from like I feel like we're a couple of days from like a trump tweet being like, Look how cool Mississippi is. Global warming has to be a myth. Like it's seventy five <laughs> degrees outside when I drove up here today. I played golf on Wednesday and it's uh it was like eighty, like I didn't sweat at all in the middle of June, which is just insanity. <laughs> Um, uh, I have
0: a question. Yeah. Uh, Ke- Kevin, my buddy, the uh, high school baseball coach in the area, asked if the Browns are pretenders or if they're for real. And I tend to believe they're for real.
1: Oh, we can get into that. That'll be uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not really ready to say it yet. All right, here we go. Um, Making sure I didn't miss any. Cole Woods says, what's your favorite summer beer? That's a hell of a one to start off with. Um, So, I don't know if this counts. So, like, I, this is very, like, feminine, but I like the Abita Strawberry. It's a good beer. I don't really care that it's girly and comes in that, like, you know, kind of, like, stout, like, tiny little bottle. But I don't know if that counts because until this year, it stopped in, like, June. Like, it, ju- they just made it a year-round thing. So, does that count?
0: Uh, I think it counts, but it won't next year, right?
1: Yeah, that's... Well, no, I think it counts now because it extends into the summer is kind of my point.
0: That's what I'm saying, but, like, next year it won't count. Why? Well, you said they just made it, like, year-round, so next year it won't be considered... No, I'm
1: saying it counts now because you can get it in the summer now. They used to cut it off sales before the summer.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it counts for sure.
1: Um, I'm not huge into that Lines and Kirkles or whatever summer shandy, like the lemon beer. It's not bad, but, like, I'm not huge into that. Uh... You got any good answers? No, I have no
0: opinions on this. You don't Literally. drink beer? Uh, No, not really.
1: Um, I like a nice, like... People don't like Blue Moon. I like Blue Moon. I like Shock Top.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that was considered summer.
1: Well, I don't yeah. think it necessarily is. I'm just thinking, like, what would I want to drink on a beach? Corona is underrated on a beach. I won't really Ooh. drink Corona anywhere else, but you put one on the beach, pretty solid. Um, I'm not into that White Claw stuff. Like, I don't even know... I guess that's not even really beer. I don't really... Like, you know what I'm talking about? What's the other one? Truly and White Claw? Yeah, I know, I
0: know what you're talking about, yeah.
1: Yeah, not, not big into that. Uh, Not big into any of, like, the Bud Light stuff. So, yeah, that was a terrible answer, but we got it out of the way. Um. Tell us about one of y'all punching a hole in the bathroom wall <laughs> at the Airbnb in 2016. One, it was not the bathroom. Two, there was no punching. Well, yes, it yes, was. yes yeah, it was, yes, it was. So... Basically what happened here is we went to cover a game in Fayetteville for the DM in twenty sixteen. I guess that was well,
0: graduated. I just went. Uh
1: yeah, so I went to cover a game in twenty sixteen. Our editor in chief wanted to go, so we got an Airbnb. Um I I don't know why I remember this, but basically we get there for the Airbnb. We're watching the early games the next day before we have to go to the stadium. Vanderbilt beat Georgia um, a certain someone had money on Georgia, and as soon as the last fourth down stop was made, someone uh, somehow a hole appeared in the wall. I'm not sure how.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a good enough story to me.
1: Yeah. Do you know who did it?
0: No, no. It's still an open investigation.
1: Okay. Do you know what happened to it? Did 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 that certain someone pay for it? Did they fix it?
0: Uh, they did pay for it. They, they left money to pay for it. It was it was a it was a very fixable hole in the wall.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a hell of a sell job. Um.
0: And I, that person left enough money to cover it.
1: That person left enough money to cover it. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that person suggested at first we just put another piece of furniture in front of it. Um,
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, um,
1: not I enjoyed Fable. Other than the I, uh, I like Fable a lot. Other I, than I, the I like it, Fable. Other than that Uber driver giving me the what for about not knowing you know his name and social security number the other day. um it's been great. Um, do you
0: remember the uh, old lady we had as our Uber driver when we were down there that year?
1: Kind of. <laughs> I mean, like I, do, I don't remember Uber drivers. Like, I like I was talking to a buddy. But we a couple of us went and had a beer at Moe's and City Grocery last night, and like talking about like, would you remember your Uber driver? They're like, hell no. Like that that was the most ridiculous situation ever. Um, so yeah, shout out to Bill in Springdale. Um, sorry, I don't remember you. Um, Ben. I think that's all it says on Twitter. So Ben says, what do you think will happen with Plumley's career at Ole Miss? Do you think he eventually chooses to stick with one sport? And do you think he makes a position change in football? So this that's is a really so interesting one. question. Because, yeah. okay, for those of you not familiar, talking about John Rice Plumley, he is out of – I always want to say Oak where Grove. he's Billy Hamilton, but it's Oak Grove. It's Oak Grove. South Mississippi. So he's a two-sport kid. Um, He's going to play baseball and football like Ely. I think he could either be the backup quarterback or I swear I think he could play safety for this team in football next year. So I don't really know where baseball fits in. Like, who's more likely to stick with baseball longer, he or Ely? I kind of would lean Ely, no?
0: It depends, really, because you can go play safety and play baseball and be fine, right? Like, if you miss the spring. It's well, I mean, safety. ask
1: Sinquez Golson that, though.
0: Well, yeah, but John John Rice is a little bit more polished than Sinquez was. Uh, from a baseball perspective, my, my thing is what i got mean,
1: offered one point three mil, and what i didn't.
0: That doesn't mean one's not more polished. That's fair. Yeah, I mean Cinquez you know, I mean, was a long term project. That's why the signing bonus was over for about five years. Um, I don't think you can play quarterback and do it. I I, I just don't. I don't think that the the guy you're going to rely on to play quarterback can be out playing left field for the baseball team in the spring.
1: So I think that's Kyler Murray, gonna... bro. Ever heard of it? Next yeah. on Undisputed
0: uh-huh is is did he collar murray
1: <laughs> i don't know i have to see
0: <laughs> okay okay um yeah i mean Kyler did okay. it. no, no so,
1: so wait counterpoint for real can you be a backup quarterback then do it because seth smith did it
0: yeah i mean sure if you're the backup quarterback but if you're the guy they're relying on to play every day i i just don't look like you said collar did it but it's going to be really, really tough to be a, a really good left fielder and a really good quarterback.
1: But he's not ever going to be the starting quarterback here. Corral's a redshirt freshman.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Corral doesn't think he's going to be here but two more years. So, I mean, he would be the starting quarterback in after two years, right? See,
1: I don't think you can bank on that, though. Like, Shay pa- like the whole thing with Shea Patterson was, and, like, by the time that ended, I mean, he's played his senior year at Michigan under center. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I you can't really bank on that. Particularly with particularly these high school quarterbacks. Like, banking on them being three, like you know, three and out. I mean, like Trevor Lawrence, yes, but like Tua, probably. But those are very rare. So, like, sure. I don't necessarily buy into it. I see what you're saying, though. But honestly, it wouldn't it be more likely he'd be unable to do it if he's actually in a position of consequence? Like, if he's playing like starting safety, or even just in the rotation at safety, wouldn't that make it harder?
0: I don't think so, man. Because It's also
1: wear and tear on the body. Backup quarterback, that clipboard's not hitting you in the head repeatedly.
0: Well, sure, but I guess what I'm saying is how much wear and tear are you getting playing baseball instead of going through spring practice? Isn't isn't that going to conserve you some?
1: Yeah, that's fair, but I'm I'm mostly talking about just like the wear and tear from playing football. Like If you're the backup quarterback, you're not going to really have any banged up injuries from the fall. You're playing safety. You're dealing with all kinds of stuff.
0: I mean, I guess that, that that's certainly fair. I just, I don't know. I don't think you can be the starting quarterback and also be the starting left fielder. I think that's going to be a really, really tough ask.
1: Yeah, no, I just don't think he'll end up ever. I don't like you. Like, I think he'd be the backup quarterback just because I didn't. Well, actually, if I'm betting, I think Tisdale ends up being the backup. I just didn't see enough from Tisdale and Dent to be like, oh yeah, they're cool with one of them being the second string. Which is why I think Plumley has a chance. I just don't foresee a world barring an injury, he's ever really the starting quarterback. Yeah, but.
0: You, you can't just throw the kid as athletic as he is at quarterback and tell him to sit for two years. It's a
1: problem. Which is why I think he'll play safety.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think he may be the backup quarterback next year, though,
1: But this year. Fair enough. Um, moving on. Hey, Brian, do you know what Omaha stands for? Oh, God. That's from Zach Berry. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, we do, Zach. Ole Miss at home again, right? Did I do that right? Yeah. yeah. That means I'm allowed to have a Twitter account. Sweet. Um... So, the next one with oh, this appears to be one from last time that we missed or we'd already recorded is from Jack Thompson. This is this is this could get dark. Um, uh, if Old Miss was a horror Old Miss Sports were a horror movie, what would that horror movie be and why? Okay. So,
0: so, you're I, gonna have to forgive me here. I'm not a big movie person, so, so
1: I'm not a horror movie guy. Like, I don't really like the like. Like, hey, let's lop this guy's neck off just for you know sport. Like I, that, that doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Or as like Mike Francesa uh, affectionately calls him chop chop movies. Um, <laughs> chop chop movies. Yeah, no, he got asked a que- he got asked a question about Stan Lee, the Marvel guy, dying. Have you ever seen that clip? I have not. <laughs> a, you know, a caller calls in and it's like, hey, Mike, Stan. Like it's the most New York thing ever. He he's like, Stan Lee died today. Like, did you know him? And he's like, who? He goes, Stan Lee. He goes, who is that? The caller just hangs up and goes Jesus. Anyway, he goes on this like tangent about how he doesn't know like comic books and how he read the sports page. And he doesn't do Harvard. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, this is a very generic and probably a terrible answer, but like the Saw movies because like they're very gory and there's no real point to them. So that seems very on brand. Is that fair? Yeah,
0: yeah. There's there's certainly no point.
1: Yeah. Because like you can't pick a horror movie with an intricate plot, because that's not really what Ole Miss sports is. There's no, yeah, there's no real point here.
0: Oh, it's just a bunch of people running around.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's all I had from Twitter. I've got a lot more on uh, on text. No, so.
0: Let's get into the uh, deep one I sent you last night. This was from my buddy James, another coach in the area. He said, "Did you take over Ole Miss athletics in its current condition? You have to." Whatever is in the bank is in the bank. That's yours, and you can spend it. If you go in the red, you get fired. But you have to, A, give Kermit, Mike, or Matt a lifetime contract. B, trade Kermit, Mike, or Matt with Mississippi State's coach, and you must keep them for three years. C, fire Kermit, Mike, or Matt.
1: So, can we... Can we throw, because this is a more interesting question if you throw out the red part, because you don't know exactly what their budget is, and you're just crunching numbers. But, like, it's a more interesting question if you just take, take it out.
0: Okay, but I guess what I'm saying here is you can't operate on a system where money is, like, like, like it's not a factor, right?
1: But you're not even asking for money. You're talking about lifetime contract, trade one, and fire one.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Sure, we, we can throw
1: that out. Because like I don't know what their exact budget is, so like I don't know like like I'd have to like I don't know like what contract figure. Because like, because if you're talking about a lifetime contract, that's really just like money not being an object anyway.
0: Well, isn't I mean you can give Kermit three million or what's he making now like two five? You're giving two five for the rest of his life
1: until someone else until he has success and someone gives him four. You see what I'm saying? Well,
0: okay, all right, sure.
1: So I'm obviously in this. I'm giving Kermit a lifetime contract. Yeah, that's-
0: lifetime contract, then
1: you have to think. <sighs> I mean, am I really trading, I guess trade Limonis for Bianco and fire Luke? Like, you'd have to, like, you can't fire Mike. I mean, you can.
0: Okay, hear me out on this. I think I trade Matt and Moorhead, and it's twofold answer. I think I get better at football coach, and I think Mississippi State gets worse. So that helps me out, right?
1: Yeah. But it doesn't that work the the other way. I know Limonis inherited a good team, but if you traded those two, like production level seems to be different.
0: Uh, I mean, is it going to be as different as it is in football though? Cuz I mean, Mike is still a good baseball coach. Like I, I, don't, I don't think that's a I don't think that's an arguable right now. Good, not great. Probably top 15 to 20, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably sticking with with. I just it. It's Matt Luke, man. Like they hired a guy that like I. I. He could end up working at Ole Miss. I'm not saying he's not. I think he's made savvy hires. I think they've handled this off season about as well as anybody. But they hired someone who's not qualified to do the job.
0: Yeah, they did. They did. But I mean, you're you by trading him, you're still getting rid of him, right?
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But what do you get like? If I'm doing a trade, I think I'd rather have Lamonis than Moorhead. And I understand the whole, like, it makes state worse. But if I'm strictly worried about Ole Miss, like, I'm not, like, more, like, honestly, we're going to learn in 12 months from now whether Moorhead's actually a good coach or not. Like, this is where the rubber meets the road, man. Are you going to score points or not? Like, I I get he had the unique quarterback situation because Nick Fitzgerald didn't know how to throw. But, like, are you going to score points or not? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they lost five games with the best defense in college football.
0: Yeah, they did. They did. And I'm not sitting here telling you that Joe, or Joe Moorhead's a great football coach. I
1: think I was, you're about I, to find out. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to find out quick, too, right? Like, this, this year and next year for them is the year.
0: Well, if this year doesn't go well for him, he might not be the football coach.
1: I don't think they're fired him after two years. I don't think that's realistic. But you they can't – what? They
0: did extend him, didn't they? I think they extended yeah, him.
1: Yeah, but, you one, you can't – he can't do that again – giving Kylan Hill, like, eight carries a game or whatever that ridiculousness was last year. Like, he's the <laughs> best player really on the field, and he's touching the ball seven times a game. Like, it's not only just, like, are you going to score points. Like, how about uh, maybe starting with give your best players the football?
0: I do remember uh, somebody asked me, like, because State was, like, a 17-point favorite in the ball and they were like, well, how does Ole Miss win this football game? And I was like, Moorhead screws it up and doesn't run it 38 times in a game. Yeah, and was, I, did.
1: I think he could have screwed it up anyway and still won at that point. <laughs> Uh, so, what's your – you got Twitter questions?
0: Uh, no, that was – well, I, I do have the uh, – are the Browns for real?
1: No, like what did you have pulled up? Like, I'm done with mine.
0: That's what I'm saying. The the, the next Twitter question was from Kevin. Uh, he asked if, if the Browns are for
1: real. They're talented. They're going to be good. That division is good, though. And then when is you that, have Odell and – yeah, it is, because the Steelers are going to be fine. Like, they still have Big Ben. They still have Schuster. That's still – like, the Steelers are still favorite to win the division. Baltimore's going to be competitive even though it's – uh, I mean, Cincinnati sucks, but, like, the rest of the division's pretty good.
0: See, I don't I don't believe in Lamar Jackson at all. Um, so, I think they're better than Baltimore. And, man, I mean, Steelers don't have AB. They don't have Le'Veon. I know they didn't have on last year. I don't know, man. I, I kind of think they're the most talented team in that division.
1: They might be. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But they're also extremely historically dysfunctional organization with a second-year quarterback.
0: <laughs> I'm saying your quarterback's pretty good, as much as I don't want him to be.
1: No, he is good. I, I think he's fine. But he's still a second-year quarterback. Like, Big Ben's Big Ben. Like, that's pretty – that's invaluable. Like, they went 7-8-1 last year. That's fine. But if they go 9-7, and seven, that's a, still another uh, pretty big step forward. But that's not winning the division.
0: No, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going seven and nine. I think they're closer to ten and six, than seven and
1: nine. I said nine and seven. Okay, I was saying oh, they went okay. seven, eight, and one last year. If they go nine and seven this year, I said that's a jump forward for Baker. But I don't think nine and seven wins that division. <sighs>
0: Maybe not. I, I, I think I've got them ten and six winning It's going to the Steelers, though. To me, I don't think the. I don't think the other two teams really
1: have much of a chance. I'm not counting out the Ravens because Lamar Jackson did win six in a row. That's a really good defense, and like everyone's writing him off as a thrower. I'm not saying he can throw, but he's not Tebow. Like you, you like you. That's develop. Like you can develop it.
0: Okay, I have a, I have a question that I almost skipped over. It's a pretty good question. Uh, would there be as much pressure on Bianco if, if Mississippi State hadn't made the College World two years, two years in a row? The answer to that question: is No.
1: Um. Would there be as much pressure on Bianco if State hadn't made the College World Series back-to-back years? So, maybe from some people's perspective, it's no, but I don't think it's that much more pressure. Like, if State sucked and Bianco had still only made Omaha once in 20 years and 1-5 in in Super Regionals, that's still a great deal of pressure.
0: It is, but it's ratcheted up because State's been in Omaha three times since 2013.
1: That's undoubtable, but if you're portioning the pressure and you say this portion is because state's good, it's I think that's a small portion is what I'm saying.
0: Okay. I mean yes. But the answer to the question is yes, but I mean we can go back and forth on how much it costs on this to I think what state does is you can't sit there and say, Oh well we have scholarship problems. Well, so does state and so does Auburn and State's probably two wins away from playing for a national title and you've been to Omaha one time in nineteen years. Like
1: you can't and Arkansas has an advantage, but it's not the LSU-Vandy advantage.
0: No, it's not, but it's, it's pretty significant. But Mississippi State doesn't have that much. State has a little bit of an advantage because they waive some out-of-state tuition, and I think Memphis and maybe some Alabama towns, but it's nothing. Um, you can't sit there and say, oh, we can't make Omaha to scholarships. while well, Mississippi State's made it three times in 2013.
1: Well, yeah, and it's just what it's the 1-5 in Supers, and it's never going on the road as a 2 seat. Like, we've done this segment a hundred times on this podcast. I
0: think that's the biggest indictment to me, is never winning on, on the
1: road. Sure, and we've done this segment a hundred times. Like, like we don't have to, like, rehash it again. It's just, like, like I, I just think the pressure that State's adding is minuscule compared to his own shortcomings, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm but the sure. answer to the question, like you said, is no. Because it, is it a factor? I just don't think it's that big.
0: No, I think I, I think it's yes. I think I mean there is pressure, there is added pressure because
1: they didn't. It may not. Oh well, that yeah, problem. yeah, okay. Yes, no. I, like I, I thought, the question was phrased: Would the pressure be the same? Oh, okay. Whatever. Oh, yeah. we're, we're saying the same thing. Like the All answer right. to your, like the way you answered it is correct. I just don't think it's a ton. Uh I, guess that, I think that's it for
0: Twitter questions that
1: I have. I didn't get a ton this week. Well, I didn't get a ton that I can answer. Okay, so I got a. Uh, I've got a few. Um. So this is from Baxter, my former roommate Baxter, who asked me if I'm doing this in 25 years. Last weekend, I called him a dickhead, and you thought I was being harsh. Yeah. I wasn't being harsh. Um. Over under He's got a couple over under Ole Miss win total four and a half. I'll say over on that because I think it's five. I, I like I would take five on the money.
0: I'm not betting it, but I go over. I would no. That that that's the number I think.
1: The problem with that is, I actually I think that's a fairly good over under because the problem with that that's really the over under you set whether they win two out of the three games of consequence in September. That's winning two of three against Arkansas, Cal, and Memphis. Because if you don't do that, how in the world are you getting over four and a half wins?
0: Okay, well let's 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 do it. Um, let's just say they go one and two against Arkansas, Cal, and Memphis.
1: Let's just go uh, down the line. Like, let's put the we we need to do this segment at some point anyway. We'll probably do right. it again. Well, Memphis win or loss? Uh,
0: let's just for fun. Let's say they start one and two loss.
1: So you say loss to Memphis? Yes. Okay, and then what is it? Sea law the next week. That's a win.
0: That's a
1: win. One and one. All uh, right. and then is it Arcan- It's Arkansas then Cal, right?
0: Sure. Well, let's say one and one. So let's put them two and two.
1: So you th- which would, which one do you think they win? I'm I'm just curious. Like, do you think they beat Cal or Arkansas? Cal. I think they beat Arkansas. I think Cal's actually got a pretty good football team. I think Arkansas is still dealing with some personnel stuff. They have... They did these... Like, they... So much noise... Richard made this point on the radio show yesterday. There was so much noise about Arkansas recruiting and recruiting at a high level. They finished behind Ole Miss and State. They didn't close well at all. So, like... And he's got a quarterback in there. Like, he's got Ben Hicks and he's got Nick Starkle, the A&M transfer, and he's got Ben Hicks, his old quarterback at SMU. But, like... They're not going to be demonstrably better. So I actually think, I would say beat Arkansas. I think they'll actually beat, like for the sake of our argument, we'll say two and two. That's fine. Like I get what you're saying. I think they'll actually beat Cal, though. Anyway, so two and two. We'll give them a split there. Uh, Alabama, uh, close one but loss. Uh, Vandy?
0: Win. Three and three.
1: Is that a win? Well, I mean. I think they take a step back without Shermer. It's probably a win. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to get them to five without without
1: going two and one. Right. But, like, let's not give them one they don't deserve. But, like, for yes, I th- I agree, though. That's no. all. I mean.
0: Like, come on.
1: You lose to Vandy at home, and boy. I mean, what last time they lost to the Vandy at home? 12? Yeah,
0: 12.
1: Um, Was it 12?
0: Yeah, it was 12. It was free in his first year.
1: Uh, Do you remember that year though, in '15, where they had just come off the win over Alabama and they barely escaped against a horrible Vanderbilt team? Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Um, So it's it's Vanderbilt. I just pulled up at Missouri. That's a loss.
0: I mean, okay, yeah, I think it's a loss, but I think that game's
1: entertaining. Uh, Maybe. Are they going to stop Missouri? I think Missouri's got a chance to be pretty good. I really do. I'm not necessarily saying that just because of Kelly Bryant, but I think they got a chance to be pretty good. I don't think. Like, do you really see them going to Como and winning? Uh, that would that would qualify under shocker to me. Not complete shocker, but like that's surprising.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I said
1: loss so three and four at home against A and M. That's lost, a loss. It too five. much talent. Yeah. So three and five. Yeah. At Auburn, I mean, probably a loss. Auburn could have quit. I will put this qualifier out there. If Gus sucks, Auburn could have quit by then. But I still don't see them winning at Jordan Hare. I just don't see it. Three and six. Yeah. New Mexico State. Okay. Four at home against LSU,
0: four and seven.
1: And then at Mississippi State.
0: That's the ro- that's the one on the road that's winnable. That, that, that's the game that if you tell me that they went on the road won an SEC game,
1: it's that one. Okay, that's fair because I do think State takes a step backwards. I don't necessarily see them winning in Starkville, but to your point, that's not. I'd put if they beat Missouri on the road, I'd actually be more shocked than at at State. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah. So that's but, how you get I, to five by going one and two. But that's not, that's, that's not throwing a stinker against Vandy. That's
0: winning in Starkville,
1: and that's winning in Starkful. What are the odds both of those happen? I would say not that great. So that's why they need to go two and one. I that's why they went two of the three in September.
0: Yeah, I I don't think they're losing to Vandy. I think Vandy's got a chance to be real bad.
1: No, I, I I don't disagree, but both have to happen.
0: Yeah, no, I and mean, I'm not projecting them to win in Starkville. Well, I'm just saying that if they win a road SEC game,
1: that's the one for me. I I think Vandy's going to stink too. I think they're going to take a pretty decent step back. But at the same time, dude, like let's say they lose Memphis and Arkansas, and then maybe they get Cal. Like if they're like one and four or whatever, or two and four or two and three, and you know they come back from Tuscaloosa after Alabama wins fifty-six to three, like. <laughs> That's not the greatest position to be playing Vandy in. Like, the Bama effect or whatever is one of the few like SEC superstitions or whatever you want to call it that I believe in. You're beat up and demoralized after playing Alabama. That's not a great spot to play them in. I think Ole Miss is going to win. I'm just saying.
0: No, no, I I think you're exactly right. So, over
1: Uh, under 4.5 for wins. I'll say over because I actually am going to say they're going to beat Arkansas and Cal I have no idea what to make of Memphis. They're seven and a half point underdogs as of now. It's still June. That game's going to be at 11 a.m. It's going to be hotter than hell. Like I, I have no idea what to make of that.
0: I don't do this very often, but that line tells me that Memphis is going to win because you're not you're going to get a money line at like plus two thirty, and you're not getting an SEC money line uh, at Memphis plus two thirty and it winning. That's, that, that's the, Vegas isn't in this to lose
1: money. That's fair, but it's also beginning. Their beginning of the season lines are always so out of whack with college football. I mean, LSU was a dog against Miami last year in the opener. That's true. But like you Miami, know what I mean. I know what you're saying, but like college football and uh, it's unpredictable. I don't know. I I have no. I'm 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 putting it out there right now. I have no idea what's happening in that game. Not a clue. <laughs> Sounds gonna be hot. Like I can see how a couple of these games go. I have no idea how that game goes. Yeah. I mean, um. So. That's just pretty-
0: breaking a new quarterback and don't miss it too. So.
1: so over under four and a half. I'll reluctantly say over because I think it's five. I don't think they're getting to six. I think they have a chance. I don't think they're getting to six. I think it's five and seven.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I think they go five and six on the start one. They get beat.
1: Um, does the lack of a permanent chance or an interim AD, this is Baxter's second question, affect Ole Miss's decision to approve selling beer and liquor at sporting events next year? Cool. So possibly, but no, not really, because actually one of the things Ross Bjork did smartly is he was ready for this. Like he got the forces in motion, he got the resort status. He put the he put the pieces in place for them to be able to capitalize on this as soon as it happened. Like he was kind of chomping on the bit to make this happen. I think that's because of you know everything that's happened last year. This is a revenue stream that they needed to utilize. So unless Keith Carter makes some brash decision, I actually say no, not really. But that's a yeah. good question.
0: Yeah, that is a really good question. No, but yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think there will be beer sold at almost football games this
1: fall. I agree too. Now, if it would have affected, like, if Ross hadn't really like put his ducks in a row with regards to that before he left, I think the answer would be absolutely yes. That's the case. But Ross kind of like he saw this coming. He saw particularly the athletic department, you know, paying buyouts, not getting bowl revenue. He saw it as a revenue stream. Like he he was ready for this, and so that's why I say yes because Keith is going to kind of. I mean, Keith, let's call it what it is. Keith is going to keep the, the car in between the lines. And so, like, that would be more like unwinding work than anything else. So I think it ends up happening. I think the answer to that is no. Um, I, I
0: did have a uh, Twitter question that uh, that I was asked. Okay. It was pretty good. Is, uh, this is from my friend Hobie. Let's see. Uh, is, is Mike Bianco the, the coach of Ole Miss when they make their next ch- appearance in the College World Series? Oh. That's a really good question.
1: I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to say yes.
0: You're going to say yes.
1: So we were talking about this at the bar last night um, while we were watching the the basketball game. This is going to be the same cycle, man, as it was three years ago. This talented class is going to come in. Now, they may not struggle as bad as this freshman class did in 2017, but then they're going to take some lumps. They're going to learn. They're going to be pretty talented again the next year with, like, Nikhazy and all them being juniors. And then they're going to have enough pieces left over in 2022, I guess that is. And so that's their two-shot window. And I think – this like, is Mike really going one and seven in Supers if they make two more?
0: Well, my thing is, I think they're more – Not maybe not more talented. That should be the word. That team had a first-round draft pick on the mound. I think they pitch it better than the 2018 and 2019 teams did in, in 2020 and 2021 with Hoagland, Nikhazy, Hill – and, and those type guys, I, I think they throw it a lot better, and I think the bats are the same. So yeah, I, I think I agree. I think Mike. I think Mike gets to Omaha in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Wait, be yeah twenty twenty one or 2022. Yeah,
1: I had to double take there too. So I actually say yes. Um yeah. But if he doesn't, that's probably where it ends, right? Like the new AD's in. That's.
0: But, man, how do you? Ever fire a guy for losing a game three in a super regional? Like that's I not, think...
1: though, that's not like I, that's not a guarantee that that happens. Like if yeah. he, if he gets through twenty twenty two and they don't have an Omaha trip, I don't think it necessarily matters how it happens.
0: You don't. But what if he lost two game threes? Man, like I don't think you can do that.
1: At a certain point, though, that's one trip to Omaha, Nebraska in over two decades. But
0: it's that's a lot of trips to the Sweet Sixteen.
1: Sure, but and, if you go one in seven in games to get you to the elite eight, at a certain point, that's just not dumb luck. Something's up.
0: Sure, yeah, no, no I will completely agree with that. I just don't know if you can ever fire the guy for doing that. I'd be interested. So enough. when do
1: you do it though? If he keeps doing this, if it's twenty, thirty, is it one trip in thirty years? I mean, twenty-two years. For the
0: love of God, if you do it, if, you, if you're one in eleven, I like like God hates you at that point, right?
1: Right, but if that's not enough then what's enough? 1 in 22? Is it 1 in 27? 25? Oh,
0: yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't, I
1: don't like know. to frame the argument that way either because super regional should be the goal. It's a crapshoot. Like you can't really base it off Omaha, but at a certain point, you got to flip to the other side, man. Like like you like you can't sell one Omaha trip in 24 years if with with the amount of money you're putting in it. Like whether it's also, fair or unfair, you can't sell that.
0: I don't know if this is true. I heard this recently. If this is true, Ole Miss has got to do something about this. Um, I've heard that Mike's contract, is is his bonus has become like his salary for the next year. And if that's true, his salary is going to increase to a point that file is going to become ridiculous, right?
1: I mean, yeah, but still in the grand scheme of things, like they'll be able to squash it. Like it's not like a $12 million deal like you're paying in football or basketball at some point. Um,
0: yeah, are you really willing to pay six in baseball?
1: I mean, no, but, like, that's why you probably need to squash it before it comes six. That's what
0: I'm saying. they got to do something
1: about that. Um, what's the most egregious take you've heard recently? It was Baxter's next question. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Mine was after game two when Iguodala hit that three or whatever, and then I I turned on first take the other morning because it was on ESPN2 with my coffee. Going to have a great day. And then Max Kellerman's on there saying he would rather have Iguodala take a last-second shot than Steph Curry. Can, can like, you're can not even – t- I get that the, the whole first take show and all that stuff has become like, hey, we don't have to be right. Let's entertain people. But you're not even trying at that point, man. Like, come on. He's can sitting I, there with a straight I, face going, I would rather have Andre Iguodala in that moment than Stephen Curry. And, like, I'm just sitting there like this. Like, this is getting Skip Bayless erect.
0: Can I be a message board post? Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody post that uh, Bianco threw. <laughs> Game three of the Arkansas Super Regional, so he could go watch his kids in Omaha and would have to coach
1: in it. You mean the the one that barely plays in the little one? I'm not taking a shot at the kid. like he just, he, He's red-shirted. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that certainly counts. That's a good one. Mont Kellerman, look, these... Like this hot take television is re- it bothers me, but I get it. Like it's about entertaining people. That's why we're sitting here talking about I don't know, like the next question: Who would win in a fight, Clay Travis or Colin Cowherd? That was his last question. Clay Travis. Yeah, it's Clay Travis, and it's because one, Cowherd's older, and Cowherd, since he moved to the West Coast, has become like Zen. Like his hair's a little gray. He's always talking about what great Cal, great Cali is. Like he talks about smoking. He talks about weed a lot more. He claims he doesn't smoke it. I don't really buy that shit for a second, but. <laughs> Like, Coward's become way more, like, like midlife guy. Like, he probably took up surfing. Like, he's going to tell you how great California is as opposed to the Northeast. Like, Cal- I don't want that guy to fight because he doesn't care. Like, you're not going to beat up Cali, bro. <laughs> so it's Clay Travis, <laughs> as much as I hate to say Clay that. Travis. He yeah. said, I'd take Clay minus 175. I would put that at, like, 225 at least.
0: Yeah, I'd put it a lot higher than that, to be honest.
1: Um. Okay. Forrest had a couple good ones. Which new drafted or undrafted NFL Rebel is going to make the biggest impact for their team? Uh, My bet is either DK or Knox, he says. Um, I think it's Metcalf, but I think you – look, I'll listen to an argument for A.J. Brown, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Titans fan. If They put A.J. Brown in the slot solely. The Titans need that so badly. Mariota needs that so badly. So if A.J. Brown blows up next year, it's not surprising, but I think you have to say Metcalf. I
0: don't hate Knox, though. Like I think he's going to get a lot of time for er not Baltimore, Buffalo over over the
1: next month. I don't hate that either. I was actually just kind of, and it's not necessarily right or wrong. I was framing it in terms of immediate impact next year, but if you're going long term, Knox is actually not a bad play either because Metcalf does has an injury history. I don't really know how Brown shakes out. Knox seems like he's going to be fairly reliable and steady. Like Knox is going to be the next Alvin Kamara, not in that sense. Like don't lose your mind, but like holy hell, no one used this guy in college. Phil Longo should be arrested. Like you know, <laughs> like the, like he's enough of an athletic freak where if they throw him the ball enough and like they have some success, they're going to be like, what the hell was wrong with the offensive people at not Miss?
0: so going to be retroactively fired.
1: Yes. Like that's going to be like a Kamara thing where like Butch Jones had this guy second string. Um So I like that. I'll go DK as my answer because I think it, particularly Seattle needs wide receivers. He fits that mold to where Russell Wilson kind of runs around, chucks it up to a huge body. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, that
0: Wilson's a perfect
1: fit for him. But it wouldn't surprise me if AJ Brown's pretty good. And I got burned on this last time because Laquan Treadwell has done next to nothing in the National Football League. But, like, I think DK and uh, and AJ are going to do pretty well. I think it's DK, but it wouldn't shock me if AJ's u- next year because if they utilize him right in the slot, he could be a monster. Yeah. Um, which Diamond Rebel from this year's draft class will be the first to make it to the big leagues? And adding okay. on to that, who has a shot of playing NLV who will not get out of the minors? So the answer to this question is either Gray or Cooper. And I don't know enough about, like, the Astros okay. seem to be set there younger. But... I don't know enough about the Tigers' minor league system, other than that they traded A. Eugenio Suarez to the Reds for a nickel, and that seemed very dumb.
0: I've got an interesting one because I, I, I don't think it's. I mean, I think the the safe bet is certainly either one of them. I think Will Etheridge. I think they put him in the bullpen, and he gets up really fast.
1: What about Correia?
0: Mm, no, <laughs> I don't think he's got enough control of the slider right now to to move up that quickly.
1: That's fair. But oh, uh, they said first.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I think Etheridge is.
1: Getting so well, all right. So let's let's answer the first part first. So my, I'm gonna say. Cooper, because if Gray stays in the Astros organization, that could potentially end up being tough. Yeah. He gets up. Yeah, I'm just not sure how. Like I don't know. Like how quick. So if you're betting race, rebuilding organization, Cooper.
0: Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Etheridge and then Cooper.
1: Okay, so that's I, that's fair. Now we're extending it to who just has a shot. Uh, Does Crazy have a shot? I say yes, the yeah, yeah, yes because the fastball plays.
0: Yes, because the hot spin rate, if he can get control of the uh, breaking ball, yes. Um, let me, can Thomas Dillard catch? If Thomas Dillard can catch, he has a shot to me.
1: Eileen, no, but I agree with that. If he turns out to be a better catcher than you think, okay, maybe. Yeah. Um. After that, I don't, I mean like, Roth?
0: I was just to say, Ross plays for such a terrible organization. I bet, you know, it's probably... And my, one of my buddies, a big Orioles fan, is probably listening to this. Sorry, Taylor. Um, he's
1: a good pitcher, too.
0: Yeah, I think Ross has a shot from, you know, a lot of outside factors. Maybe if he's drafted by the Braves or something. Uh, no, but I think he's got a shot. Yeah, and this is assuming he's has Um.
1: That was it from that one. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Which coach in the athletic department would be win a last man standing kill or be killed in a battle royale? Mike. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like crazy, man. Man, I know Matt Luke's like put together guy because now he's the head coach. You've seen some videos of him when he was the offensive line coach under Freeze? He <laughs> yeah, used to come in. I remember he came in one day. When he was the offensive line coach, came in to a post-game interview after practice, his voice was completely gone. And somebody was like, you sick? And he just goes, it's Wednesday. <laughs> like, he had a little crazy to him. And I'm not yeah. sure that's gone away. And he's got everybody else by, like, I don't know about height. I don't know how tall Luke is. But he's got him by a bunch of inches and a lot of pounds is basically my point. He's a big dude. I mean, he's a former offensive lineman. Like, what am I saying?
0: Yeah, I just. I think I think Mike's built to uh thrive in this situation.
1: All right, how about this? Mike talks a big game and can't back it up. You heard it first here.
0: <laughs> oh God, you back for the program.
1: It's not it's not, it's not curvy, right? I mean No, 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 no. No, we're we're extending this to all. Like, uh, honestly, Malloy's gonna be the guy that like brings out some kind of weapon maybe that uh that's legal. Or maybe some kind of arm bar move that just no one can stop.
0: Ooh, okay, so we're going all coaches. Let me think here. Ooh. Chadwick's from like Europe, so he he might have a little uh experience. Um Not
1: Chadwick Not Chadwick. Chadwick the was the old guy. Yeah, what's the tennis coach's name? I don't God. don't know off the top of my head. I should know that. Um God. Mott seems too nice. Yeah, Mott's a really good dude. Say so, with uh Mick Roberts, like Mick Roberts like, how about y'all have it out and like we'll call a truce? He's they both seem way too nice. Like I don't think they're going to I think it's I think it's Luke versus Mike. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. It's it and it, you think Mike talks a lot. Yeah, I think he talks a big game, but Luke, uh Luke body slams him through a table or something.
0: I don't know. I, I feel like Mike had to deal with, like, Ben McDonald or something. He's got experience in that. I'm
1: not questioning his toughness. I was mostly joking, but, like, Matt Luke's, Luke's a tough – like, that's a tough challenge. <laughs> um. So we got two more. Two questions, one serious, one not. This is from Colby. Watching NFL Live yesterday, three analysts were predicting the over-under win totals in the NFC South. The Saints line is 10.5, which I consider easy money, but I'm biased. All three analysts said under two of them, citing a mental hangover from the past two years, which is not a valid point in my book. If anything, I think it makes them hungrier. Would love to hear an objective argument on this. Um.
0: Okay, here, here's my argument as someone that's not uh, well-versed in NFL. Vegas ain't in the business of giving free money out. So if, you, if your automatic thought is over, there's a reason that thing's 10.5. Yeah,
1: right? that's a high over-under.
0: Yeah. No, I can't because they could go ten and
1: six them. and make the playoffs and it's still not hit.
0: But, like, I can't sit here and say, like, oh, I think the Saints are going to lose six games. I don't know enough about them. I don't know, really know enough about it. many NFL teams to make that uh, statement. I'm just telling you, Vegas ain't in the business of giving you free
1: money. My problem with this is, is I know, and like, even I think even honest Saints fans would admit this. Drew Brees regressed badly in the second half of last year. He did. like yeah. showed his age badly. So is there? I think they they're going to be good enough defensively, but is there enough offensive talent around them where they become like the Smash Mouth team? I know Ingram left. I know they added they add Latavius Murray. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they still have Kamar. Like, is there still enough offensive talent there, or does not matter? Like, if Brees starts showing his age, then that could be a problem. I think the Saints have one more run left in them, though, as far as getting to the play. I think this is it. I don't know if Breeze retires after next year, but I think this is it for the Saints in this current yeah. version of them with Breeze at quarterback. This is their last run, so I don't think they suck. Over under ten and a half. I guess I'll go over like eleven and I'll five. Because that is that division any good? Like, is Atlanta going to be oh, any good? No. Carolina could be okay. Tampa's going to suck. I don't know like okay. the rest of their schedule.
0: I mean, New Orleans is going five and one versus that division, so it's six and four against everybody else to get the over.
1: Yeah. So I
0: would go over but I wouldn't be shocked at ten.
1: Yeah. So question two. <laughs> this is this there's a lot going on here. You ready for this? Uh yeah. If two of the three following scenarios take place in the coming year, which are they? The Rebs roll into Bryant Denny and take down the tide. Dak oh. Prescott takes the Cowboys to the Super Bowl as the MVP of the league. Three. Oscar Pistorius develops a case of athlete's foot from the prison shower. Oh my gosh!
0: It's B and C. Because A is not happening. Like A is is. There's no chance. So you don't like yeah.
1: the rebels' chances in Brian Denny?
0: No, I don't.
1: Remember 2015, man.
0: Uh huh. Chad Kelly playing. <laughs>
1: I had to write in 2017, I had to write an in-house game story for the Ole Miss Athletic website from the 66-3 game.
0: Who, who did you focus on?
1: Gary Wunderlich's field goal not quite enough as Rebels fall 66-3 in Bryant-Denny. <laughs>
0: we should, when, when content's low this summer, we should pull that up and read it.
1: We should, because I think I watched a bunch of those episodes of The Office during the second half. It was written at halftime.
0: Oh, God. was That, that was in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was just an executioning. We that call was, it what it is.
0: That was the uh, day, though, because like, Ole Miss had beaten them two years in a row and it played with them really close in 16. And the line was, like, 26 and a half because, like, everybody was like, Yeah, oh, and you're
1: like, Ole Miss is going to score enough points to keep them honest, like, <laughs> nah, like no, Chief, no, not. not really. <laughs> um, nah. Yeah, I guess it's two and three because one is impossible.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think either of the two happened, but. Uh, yeah,
1: it ain't a so. Okay. Um, I think that was it. What else you got today? So, I guess we can get in a little bit. Ole Miss got into a string of recruitment, like of commits, like eight or nine in the past couple of days. Um, yeah, they did. So some of it is just like like they do this every summer. Um, like I they do this every summer to where like Matt Luke got a bunch of commitments last year to kind of like pseudo generate some momentum and i'm not saying all of this is a like fake and these kids don't have spots i'm not saying that at all but like i wonder how much some of that is um i've texted around with a couple people and like luke shouse the the tackle seems like a big kid at six 250 like they they think they can make a lot out of him bullock and coffee or another couple guys like i think they got a couple good players there they got that big running back like i i think they got a couple decent players um but like, doesn't it seem a little fishy when you get eight or nine in like four days?
0: Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. But.
1: You're going out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean some of the dudes can play now. Like, come oh, on he can play. Um, uh, I've I've laid odds on him, and and I'm not saying I'm a scout evaluator. You're not an NFL
1: that, scout. That, that, no, I'm not. But the, the, that,
0: D1, that kid's got D1 written all over him. Um. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it is. They're just stringing together commitments right now and, and trying to gain some momentum going into a season that might
1: go poorly. Okay, so I guess, like, I'll get into this last thing we have before we go. I'll get into the story I wrote yesterday because I, like, because like, I talked back and forth with you with it as well. So I tried to predict the 2020 roster next year with all of the decisions being in the rear view except for Roth because, uh, Dillard's gone, Kessinger's gone, Zabowski's gone, Johnson's gone, coraci has gone, Etheridge Zach Phillips gone. announced he's gone, Etheridge announced he's gone. Um, so I had my rotation. Assuming Roth doesn't return, one of my bullet points in the story was the case for Roth to return. He could be a starter. He could be a really good starter. He could be the Friday night starter. But the problem is, is like he could be a top ten round pick. He gets drafted in the fifth round and signed for a thousand bucks because he's a senior. Yep, exactly.
0: And they're an offer from 125K. He's got to figure out which one he wants to do. And, I mean, I I don't know Houston Roth, but I know Colin Brister would not turn down 125K when I could get 5K next year.
1: So a lot of people that don't understand this, and I'm not being patronizing too, because it's taken me the last couple years to get it. Basically what's happened, what happens when you're a senior is you lose all leverage, and you'll see teams like the Mets did this this year. You'll see teams in the slot value rounds, which are rounds 1 through 10, They'll draft a senior in rounds 3 through 10 because I think the 40% rule where you have to take 40% of the slot value is is gone after the, the second round. Isn't that right? Is it second or third that that's gone? It's second. it's second. Right. So they'll draft seniors in rounds 3 through 10 because, like, say, like, so, like, in round 3, like, the slot value is, what, anywhere from, like, 600-ish, 700-ish yeah. to, it's, like, it's three 300? Right. Yeah. They sign these kids – for literally like two grand, like Jake, like let's use Jake Mangum as an example. I don't remember who the Mets' fifth-round pick was, but the slot value was like three hundred sixty-six grand. The kid literally signed for two thousand dollars because what else is he gonna do? He's a senior, and the Mets take the rest of that slot money and throw it at high school kids to give them more money to sign. But the okay. the the difference is if the kid doesn't sign at all, they lose the three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars slot. But if you oh, let the kid okay. sign for nickels, you can take the rest of that money and give it elsewhere. Did I okay. explain that well? well?
0: Me out for just a second, though. Well, say, say you're one of these seniors, and say you that you said the the, the fifth round pick for the bet The slot value was three hundred sixty five thousand. He signed for what? Two,
1: two thousand dollars, literally. Uh,
0: all right, hear me out. They lose that money if he doesn't sign, correct? Yeah. You've got leverage then. Say, boss, I'm not signing for less than a hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like they lose that money, they got to have it to pay these kids. You, I mean, you've got to.
1: What do you do if money you money don't sign, though?
0: To, well. I guess you just don't play baseball and, and try to go get picked up as a free agent. But
1: so that's what, the, the, but that's fans. the essence of how uh, she what you're saying, and that's the essence of how shitty the system is because you're like you're making these kids decide paid what they're worth or literally quitting their dream. Now they could sign an undrafted free agent contract, I guess. Like shout out Jacob pack. That's what
0: I'm saying. Like I mean, is an undrafted free agent contract that much different than getting getting five thousand dollars?
1: No, no, I I I I got you. I, no, I, I see what you're saying. I think it's a valid point. I'm just pointing out what you just said, inadvertently, like, highlighted how shitty the system is. The
0: system needs fixed.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Um, but
0: that, that's what Houston Roth is probably going to sign.
1: Because I get they're a year older, but you're crushing these kids for playing an extra year of college baseball and, in some cases, finishing school. That's tough.
0: Yeah, and the MLB and college baseball hate each other, so that they're never going to work that out.
1: Yep, very true. Um, they can barely even get the draft not when these kids are playing well, they three can. in a regional.
0: I mean, they, they can't do it. So.
1: I mean, they can.
0: Well, the MLB's argument, and it, it's a valid one, is that they don't have many games on that Monday night where they draft, where the first round is. Like, I think they had four games this year, and if you push it back to Tuesday, you're going to have a ton of games. But for the love of God, can we not figure You can out?
1: schedule in a Tuesday off day in June.
0: Sure. I'm just, a, that's the MLB's argument.
1: Anyway, moving on. Rotation. No, I, yeah. I mean, it is it is what it is. The rotation, I had Hogan Nikazi and Caleb Hill as the Sunday guy with Derek Diamond or Forsyth as the uh, midweek guy. Diamond and Forsyth are two newcomers. Forsyth, Forsyth's a Juco kid out of Meridian. Diamond is a freshman from California. Um,. I did this as the opening day roster. If either one of them eventually cracked the rotation, I'm not shocked. I think well, they prefer to have Nikhazy on Saturday than Friday. Yeah. They need Hoagland to make a jump badly.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm going to say this on Forsythe. I don't think he's the Sunday guy. I think Forsythe is the Friday-Saturday guy or he's next year's closer. I think he's got a real chance to be the closer next year if he can't, if he's not in the rotation.
1: All right, that's fine. Um. So that's what I had. I think if you're looking for a single pitcher to make a gigantic leap from year one to year two, it's Caleb Hill, right? Really good stuff. Velocity was kind of erratic at times, not great control. But if that's honed in, he's got a chance to be really good.
0: Yeah, well, if he if he gets it turned around and starts throwing, what was he, not in high school, 92 to 94? Yeah. If he starts doing that again, he's a first-round pick. Because lefties that throw 92 to 94 with good breaking balls don't. They don't last long on a board.
1: They need Hoagland to make a jump. They can't have him be the scared, fastball-reliant kid with no secondary yeah. stuff that just gets tampered again. That can't happen. He's a first-round pick. Like it uh, makes me think he's going to eventually learn to take a jump. But, man, if he doesn't, they're in trouble.
0: Well, the thing with Hoagland is like it's it's one thing, right? Like there, There's not a ton of deception with what he has to get fixed. Like He's got to be able to throw the breaking ball for strikes. And if he does that... And he's got to
1: stop throwing... throwing I'll, I'll, cut, I'll interject there for a second. He's got to stop throwing the fastball for strikes that often. Throw that thing out of the zone.
0: Well, I think, he, I think he's got to do two things. He's gotta, first of all, he's got to learn to throw a breaking ball for strikes. And he's got to start missing down. He misses up too much. Like, if he spikes the fastball in the dirt, so be it. Stop missing over the plate with two strikes.
1: But that's a product from kids in high school not being able to catch up with it and he gets away with it.
0: Exactly.
1: Um. So, my lineup... Keenan at third base, Servideo the shortstop, Justin Bench at second base, Kevin Graham at first, Hayden Dunhurst, the Pearl River Central High School kid that's going to show up on campus as the catcher. Left field, Elko, center field, Walsh, right field, Hall because it's opening day, and the D.H. Laposter. A couple thoughts on this. LaFleur could push for starting time. Trey LaFleur is a Florida kid, outfielder, good power, good ath- athlete. Um, Connor Walsh is another Florida kid. He's a shortstop with good speed. Bat's probably the weakest tool, but he'll be okay. Decent outfielder that had him in center. Um, if Baker, So, Kale Baker and Hayden Leatherwood are two JUCO products that are going to hit and push for playing time. If they're to the DH, it doesn't shock me. I just put an opening day lineup. up. Um, I don't know what bench is as a player, but Mike put him in two mo- after he missed a month and a half with a broken wrist or hand or whatever it was. That tells me they think he's going to be good. They like him.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he was good before he broke his wrist, if I remember correctly. It's done so, in a
1: long time. My one hang up here is I have Elko in the outfield. I keep tell- I keep being told Elko's going to hit, man, but he's never done any. Like, he's never proven it.
0: No, but Cooper Johnson had neither, um, and he was really good. So
1: Cooper Johnson was a plus-plus defensive catcher.
0: Well, that doesn't mean he could hit, and he really hit this year. I mean, but he Elko, played
1: his first two years because he's a good defensive catcher. Elko doesn't bring that to the table is what I'm saying.
0: Well, I'm not saying what I'm saying is you cannot hit your first two years and then hit your third year. It, it has happened before.
1: Oh, yeah, sure, sure. That That's fair. I, no, I, I'm not saying he's not going to. I, I get what you're saying now. But
0: yeah.
1: he's got to do it, man.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, he's the biggest key on this team. If he doesn't hit next year, they're screwed. And if he does hit, it opens up a lot of different, different things because – If he hits and you've got another outfielder, you can put him at third and Keenan at first. You're a lot better at third base, right?
1: Yeah, because I think you you could actually put Elko at third base. You could move Keenan to first. Like, Graham could potentially DH. I think Graham and Lapasser and Leatherwood and Baker, all these guys are good enough bats that they're going to – like, there's going to be an odd man out there. Maybe one of them slides to a corner outfield spot. I don't know. Like, I think two two of those five at least see consistent playing time. Two of those four, take out Graham. Graham's going to hit.
0: Yeah, let me let me ask this. Do you think Graham or LaPoster could play a corner outfield spot? Are they athletic enough to do it?
1: I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I think, I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, LaPostra, I don't, I, I haven't seen him do it, but, like, LaPostra looks like an athletic enough kid. Yeah, yeah, right. I have that's no right. idea about Graham. I have no clue.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Graham came in as a first and third baseman. You would think, I mean, it's not, he looks somewhat athletic.
1: So, that's what I had. You got anything else? We've gone, like, an hour
0: no, no, that's about it. That's about all we got. We are uh, running out of we're out of baseball season, so I guess we're just turning the clock to football now.
1: Football and random stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, no! Clown of the week segment is it your Uber driver?
1: No, I did that earlier in the week. I have some for next week. We didn't really get it in the NBA finals at all. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, look, that's badass for the city of Toronto. Like, that's awesome. Kawhi, like, people forgot how good Kawhi was because he missed a year. Like, that's in finals MVP that essentially ended the LeBron dynasty and should have done it a year earlier if Ray Allen doesn't make a ridiculous shot. Um, So, congrats to them. I don't like doing the injury thing and discrediting the title because the Warriors were the luckiest injury team of all time. I will say, though, like, now that's turned into a... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. That's turned into... So, Clay tore his ACL. I don't know if you saw that. So Durant's out all of next year and Clay's out most of it. That's, that's not great.
0: So what is Durant going to
1: do? That's not great for the league. And that's no. not great for the Warriors. Durant is still going to take the max with one of the two New York teams and just miss the year. Both those teams are trying to get fan bases interested. Both those teams are trying to take a step in contending. Both those teams are trying to get butts in the seats. They're signing Kevin Durant to the max no matter what, in my opinion.
0: Okay. and uh, it, it, It's been confirmed he's out the entire year.
1: I mean, it's an Achilles. You, It's a 12-month deal. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know
0: that's how long that that kind of took.
1: That's an injury that no one's really come back from the same from. Really, the only case is Dominique Wilkins, and he still wasn't the exact same. Like, you take an Achilles out of a basketball player, that's tough. Yeah, not yeah, literally take it out. I'm not being doctor here. I just meant, like, that injury is tough. Well,
0: if you go back to school, you, you're what, like 12 hours
1: left? I'm done job? with school. I'm not doing any more nerd stuff. I'm never sitting in a classroom again. Um, come on, you PhD, right? I, no, not a shot. I'm never going back to classroom. I'm never buying a textbook again. Like I walked out of there double birds in the air, basically. Um uh, that fit you your degree? Uh no, I gotta pay a parking ticket. Probably need to take care of that. Pretty sure I mentioned that, that last week. Um but yeah, my last thoughts on that is this is gonna be remembered as like the K D but the Warriors are I mean, the injury Warriors the Warriors aren't done though. Because whenever they may struggle a little bit next year, but when Clay gets back and it's Clay, Draymond, and Steph, they're going to reinvent themselves. Like everyone's talking about this being the end of the Warriors dynasty. That's stupid. They're going to come back in a different version. They're still going to be the favorites in the West in 20. I guess it's 2021. Because yeah. I don't think ne- that next year they really are going to struggle to make the playoffs with Clay out until February or March. Like that's going to be tough. They struggle to make the playoffs in the West, dude. I mean, all it is is Steph and Draymond.
0: They're gonna. They'll be the six or the seven seed. They're gonna make the playoffs.
1: That's still struggling, dude. Because do you think the six, seven, and eight in the West is like two games apart from the nine and ten?
0: Godspeed to whoever gets them. as like if they're the six, Godspeed. And Clay comes three. back. Yeah, Godspeed.
1: Yeah, that would suck. That would actually make a really interesting dynamic for next year. Honestly, that's probably how that's gonna go. They're gonna be a six or a seven without them. home court. Clay has a month of the regular season and then turns it on in the playoffs. Yeah. So,
0: well, I was gonna say you just kind of hold him out until the playoffs, though, right?
1: I mean, you use the, like, he goes to ACL, but you use the last month to let him get his legs under him, is basically. Like, you play him sparingly, let him get back in shape, let him get back. Because you don't want him coming to the playoffs fresh off the ACL and like, go get him. Like, you need, he needs to play some games.
0: Sure. Okay. Oh, um, man. That's going to suck.
1: Yeah. So we can get into this more on Monday, how the NBA looks in the offseason and stuff. But, like, that's awesome for Toronto. The Warriors aren't done. If you're going to squat on that take, you're not smart. Well, I'm going to save you the trouble. Don't do that. They're not done. They're going to reinvent themselves. They won 73 games with a much better bench. Granted, I'm not about to make the 2016 argument was the same team as now, but they're going to reinvent themselves. They're going to have cap space. They're going to be good. Yeah. You nailed it. Um, so that's about all I got. I need to pack. I'm headed to Jackson this weekend to play golf with my old man. There you go. There you yeah. Go. Big Father's Day weekend of uh, playing ahead. I'm in officially in off season. I play golf uh, Wednesday. I'm going to do some radio, some podcasting, take some vacation to Gulai. It's a great time to be me.
0: <laughs> sounds good, sounds
1: good. Um, so what are you doing this weekend?
0: Uh, man, that's a good question. I was planning on going to Omaha, Nebraska, but that does not seem like it's going to come to fruition. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I'm going to probably head back home and see my dad for Father's Day, and we'll figure out what to do in the uh, big city of Eupora.
1: Hell yeah. Will you and your dad spend all of Father's Day thinking about content for this podcast because we're about to hit slow season, so I need there a couple-page report back on Monday. <laughs> there we go, there we go. All right, well, for Colin Brister, I'm Brian Scott Rippey. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe, as those in the industry say. We're growing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in your questions. We'll be back at it Monday.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.